Congregation, the text for tonight is from John 15 to verses 14 and 15. John 15 to verses 14 and 15. This morning we have 13. So now the two following verses. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. And for thy call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. So far. Again, Jesus' friendship, three thoughts, made friends, close friends, and united friends. So Jesus' friendship, in the first place, made friends, secondly, close friends, and thirdly, united friends. Congregation, we didn't have time for that this morning to look at the context of our verses, so we'll do that now to start with. John 15 is a part of the discourse of the Lord Jesus on that Thursday evening before he died. Those chapters are a recording what the Lord Jesus has said to his disciples. And I read it over a few times. And I limit myself to the 15th chapter. And there are keywords, very important keywords that we must take into account and have a close look at. It is ten times about love in this chapter. It is eight times about with fruit in this chapter. And it is ten times about word abide or remain or continue. So again, ten times love, eight times fruits, and ten times to abide. Now, if you use those three, three words, could you summarize the chapter? Let's try. The disciples are encouraged by the Master before his death to bear fruit, to be united, to be connected to the vine, and to produce fruit and most fruit and more fruit, and the Lord also wants to prune them so they may also bear fruit abundantly. So that's why the branches need to be in the vine, to bear fruit. There's an important issue here, also for us tonight, as we have in the reflection service tonight. Now the thing is, the important thing is to also bear fruit, to live a holy life and to bear fruit unto God's glory. So what fruit is mentioned? What is the fruit emphasized here? That is love. Love is the fruit. We see that time and again in this chapter. I'm divine, you are the branches, he's abiding in me, and I am the same way for much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. 
and he is the Father glorified that he bear much fruit. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. So the emphasis is on bearing fruit, especially to love one another. To love one another in the family, in the church, at work, in our neighborhood. But you would say that it's not always possible. How can we be such loving persons? Are we not evil by heart? And even God's people cannot just love when they decide to, when they, when they want to. So that's like Lord Jesus saying ten times, Abide. Abide in me. Abide in the vine. Abide in love. Continue. It is about the perseverance. It is about continuing on in this life. So this chapter is a chapter of the Lord Jesus speaking to his disciples on Thursday evening before he died, telling them, all disciples, bear fruit. All disciples love one another. All disciples abide in me. See? And for that reason, the Lord Jesus speaks about himself. For self. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So this morning we had the Lord's Supper, and the Lord emphasized it in this morning hour that He loves His people. And therefore they need to be they need to abide in the love and bear fruit unto Him and continue in it. Christ is the example. And also verse 13, as we have spoken about, is the same thing. Greater love has no man than this, that, he, that the man lay down his life for his friends. See? So the Lord Jesus is telling them, I love the Father, and I love you, so now you love one another. Bear fruit, bear more fruit, and abide in me. Don't lose contact. Meditate on me. Abide in me. Continue remain. And then three times the word friend is used, right? You're my friends. The man laid down his life for his friends. And 15 again. But I've called you friends. What is a friend? Friends have something in common. Friendship is something else than being friendly. Two people can talk together in a very friendly way, very polite way, enjoyable way, without being friends. In order to be friends, you need more. You need a bond. You need a love. And also something in common. Right? If you have nothing in common, it's hard to be friends. For example, you have to uh, you have to have a common interest in, for example, music, or farming, or something else in this life. 
You cannot be friends if you have not, nothing in common. You cannot talk about things and you don't feel the same way. Well, it's also true for the friendship with the Lord Jesus. Then there is something in common. When the Lord works that, is something that they can relate to. For example, the holiness of the Lord. For example, the love for the law. For example, the fact that they're angels. And so much more. But especially that love. That unconditional love. And that is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has that same love. And he also has a human nature. And resembles his people. Because his people begin to be restored to the image of God. So there's something in common. Something similar in Christ and his people. The Lord Jesus didn't have a new heart. He has without sin. But that new heart has something in common with the Lord Jesus. Therefore, there is a closeness. And then people are friends. Then they love one another. Then they help one another. They rejoice together. And Lord Jesus is a perfect friend. He never forsakes. He never betrays. He always has time. And he is with God's people. With his friends on the road. God's people are on the narrow pathway into eternal life. And they are not, not alone on the road. They are not alone on the road. They are with him. The Lord Jesus is always with them. Do we know something of that? Or are we friends of the world? Instead of friends of God. And friends of Christ. What takes up our energy? What do we really love? What do we spend so much time on? What is it that, that takes hours? You just love it. You love to browse on the internet. Or you love something else that is your hobby. And we spend so much time on that, that because that, is, uh, that has our heart. But if we are friends with him, then it's different. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See? So the love of God, the love of Christ, can, be to go, to, can go together with the love of the world. And therefore the Lord Jesus came so low to be friends. who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth. Friends, how do we become a friend of God? Are we automatically? Can we just assume it? Should I just tell you you are? Should we just say we are friends of Christ? He is our friend and we are his friend? Can we just present it as a fact? 
I don't dare to do that. It needs to be true. You need a change of heart for that. Otherwise, you cannot be a friend of God. We are by nature enemies. We are hostile. We don't like him so much. We despise him, Isaiah 53 speaks. We are someone we have no interest for. So I wanted it to happen. Because by nature we resist it. Like Stephen said, you always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers also ye. Oh, sure, the Lord has also a goodness to our people. He loved the Pharisee who was close to him and also close to the kingdom and had also obeyed the laws, he said. It said the Lord loved him, but it was not friendship. Again, by nature, no friendship. We are loving the world, and we are without God in the world. But then the Lord comes, and he disarms people. He takes those weapons out of our hands. He changes our heart. He changes the understanding. And we begin to love the Lord. We begin to seek him. We begin to long for that friendship we hear about. We are wondering if friendship is also possible for me. There's a seeking, there's a prayer. Oh, be my friend. Could that possibly be? And can the Lord be friends with us? No, not when he looks at us. Not when he just looks at our sins. But he can save us and change us for his name's sake, for his glory's sake. And the ones he also gives them faith, he gives them the power to be the children of God, to receive the status of child of God, and also the status of friend of him. Now, both is impossible. You can be friends with the world and friends with the Lord Jesus. It's to one or the other. Or do we think still that we are friends? And have we not understood our animosity yet? There are still people today also among us who think highly of self and say, I go to church, read the Bible, I pray, I do my best to be friendly. And the Lord apparently doesn't want me. So I do my best, I'm friendly to God. The Lord is not friendly towards me at all, they say. But you know that is not true. You may look friendly, but you keep your heart far away from him. You don't give your heart at all to him. There's a resistance. So we may think that we are willing, but that is in fact nonsense. The Lord calls everyone that he is the word, and he also makes his elect friends. That's right. But by nature, it's not in us. 
adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. For if when we are enemies, we are reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So we need to be made friends, and the Lord is doing that by, by his word and by the Holy Spirit. Also think of Abraham, as is quoted in James 2. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham, believe God. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. So what made him a friend? Well, did you hear that? Again, this vision for an answer. How he became a friend of God. The scriptures fulfill it, say Abraham believed God. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. So you become a friend of God by justification. And justification is by faith. By that saving faith. By seeking salvation only in him. By trusting him. Relying on him entirely. And seeking nothing beside him. Oh, the Lord does not find friends on earth. There's nobody that seeketh after him. Nobody interested in such friendship. But the Lord yet continues with saving a people for his sake. So becoming a friend of God is something we cannot begin ourselves. It is impossible. But it's possible with God. And God continues with making friends and changing hearts. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed, indeed can be. So see that it is the Lord's work. I remember now, years ago, that someone arrived. I went to a meeting, and uh, a known person to me asked a ride, and I said, okay to him. So I gave him the ride, and we were driving in, in the car, and he told his story. He told us with, with the Marines, and that he had left home and lived a worldly life. Then his father died, and he came home, and it did not do much to him. But then he stayed with his mother a couple of days. And on Sunday, his mother, the now widow, asked him to come along to church. And he reluctantly said, okay. It was a reading service. And the text was this text. The carnal mind is enmity against God. But it's not subject to the love of God, neither indeed can be. And the Lord pricked in his heart. 
he was the enemy. He was the unwilling person. And his whole life, his whole life changed around. Do we know about that? Are we still good people? Are we still Christians? We are baptized. We have some civility. But do we know what we need? We need conversion. We need love. We need a friendship. We need a faith. We need that repentance. Otherwise, the friendship is not meaningless. Unfortunately, we are rather lovers of the world than lovers of God. We need the Lord with certain, situ- certain situations as an emergency God. And if there are emergencies, then we need Him. But when the Lord comes and shows you that indifference and that hostility, you feel deeply miserable and you don't feel friend, you feel alone, you feel lost. You begin to look for a solution. Because without God, you have no life. I want to bless you for the first time, then hear the gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he offers his friendship. He offers also forgiveness of sins. Then you're like a child, so happy with something you receive. And that is sometimes also experienced at the table of the Lord's Supper. When people are by nature enemies of God and have got to know themselves. And they have also received the faith of Abraham. The justified faith that makes them friends. If they then yet may sit at their table. It is such a wonder. It's such a miracle. They didn't think it was possible. They had not counted on it at all. It was for others, not for them. God's children are by nature enemies, but they don't remain enemies. They change quite dramatically. God's children become afraid of sin, afraid of grieving the Lord because that carnal mind is changed. There's still the old nature, but yet things have changed. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, but God commandeth his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So see, when they're yet sinners, Christ died for them. What a change that is. So we read also in verse 14, Ye, my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. So how do you explain that, verse 14? The word if. If you do whatsoever I command you, it sounds like, at first glance, 
that you have to obey him, that you have to do his commandments, and then you become his friend, and then he loves you. But that's not the case. You are my friends if you show what I've heard before in your heart. So it is not that uh, obedience triggers salvation, but the salvation implies that they hate sin, implies that they are following the Lord. Friends, brings to the same thought, close friends. <clears throat> Do you know Psalm 25? About the secrets of Jehovah? Or in King James, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. What does that mean? The secret, the secret of the Lord. The dictionary says that is the wise counsel. The dictionary says it can be translated with friends. Friendship. The secret of the Lord, the friendship of the Lord, is with them that fear him. When someone fears the Lord, has a new heart, walks in the narrow pathway, then the secret of the Lord is with them. What is the secret of the Lord? That is the closeness to him. Because by nature, we don't understand things. And part of the friendship is that you begin to understand. Look at verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. I have no secrets for you. I am open about it. I am not hiding anything. I hide things for the wise, for the prudent. But I reveal things to the babes. Because they are the friends. Friends are open. They have no secrets, right, do they? They're really good friends. You say, he knows everything. She knows everything. She knows even more than a family member. So friendship, close friendship, is being transparent, being open, and to tell people the truth and not holding things back. So that's what it is. I've called you friends for all things that I've heard of my father. I have made known unto you. So the Lord, through the Bible, and through the Holy Spirit, reveals the mystery of the gospel. That is something that the natural man doesn't understand. He cannot understand it. It goes over his head. It doesn't do much to him. But when the Holy Spirit comes and reveals things from the Bible, they begin to taste, to experience 
to sorrow, to rejoice, is doing something to their heart. That is the Lord's work. The Lord has no secrets. The secrets of the Lord are with them that fear him. The Lord is wise in that sense. In the Old Testament, the prophets were also taught by the Lord, right? Amos 3 verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So the servants of the prophets in the Old Testament were taught by the Lord. And they understood the secret because the Lord revealed them. In the New Testament, the Lord reveals things to all of his children. To all of his children. He reveals those deep things of God. So they taste the bitterness of sin. So they long for the Lord. There's a new time, the time of the New Testament, and the Lord enlightens their understanding, opens the Bible, gives them personal knowledge of it, and they begin to understand. So that is the, but the friends of God. So they receive, let me say, an antenna for things. They receive a feel for things. They begin to understand the life of God. So that means that their salvation is not cold-hearted, not just head knowledge. It is applied by the Holy Spirit to the heart. Because the Bible, the Word of God, is a closed book by nature. We have closed understanding, closed heart, and a closed book. But in order to become friends, the Lord just lifts up that lid from the, from the heart, reveals things, and they begin to understand it, and it gives such a closeness to the Lord. Right? How close do friends feel when they communicate well? Real friendship is beautiful. And so the Lord also has his friends, and he opens his heart for them. So they tell him, and he tells them, That's why it's so important that God's people also remain in Him and keep reading the Bible and keep meditating on it so that a friendship does not disappear. So to abide in Him, to continue in Him, to remain in Him, to not leave Him, The Lord makes it known for the closeness. Friends also try to prevent conflict, right? If a good friend, and it's something he hates with a passion, you be cautious. We don't, we don't do that. We don't go there. We also negotiate that. And we don't want to hurt each other. 
and so it is also with the Lord. Then the Lord works friendship in the heart of a sinner that does not want to grieve the Lord. There's so much respect and so much love and so much loyalty. They don't want to hurt him. Right? So that is why we read in 14. Yeah, my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. So there is a desire to live a holy life. Think of Proverbs 18. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So close, close to a brother. The brother. And therefore, show himself friendly. In friendship, you are careful. You don't waste them. You don't want to harm them. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. So, the Lord Jesus is talking to his disciples first evening, just before he died, love one another. Abide in it. Abide in me. Bear fruit and communicate with me and keep communicating. I don't let you go. You don't let me go. There's still that closeness. I want to seek you and I want to hold on to you. And so the Lord is also telling them that are not strangers of God's grace this morning, today, and have a till this morning, you tell them, abide in me. And speak to me. And listen to me. And meditate on things. And live a holy life for the Lord's sake and for the glory of the Lord. Jesus' friends, to be made friends, be close friends, and also united friends. Congregation, we read in Exodus 33 something about Moses. Who was Moses like? What was his relationship with the Lord? Did you also experience a type of friendship, maybe? Here it is, Exodus 33, verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. Not only Abraham was called the friend of God, Moses spoke face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. So this also meeting, right? And look at these other faces. For that reason, the tabernacle was called the face of God. The tabernacle was, was called the countenance of the Lord, or face. So when David or someone else was going to the tabernacle, then they went to seek God's face. 
Single face man goes to the tabernacle. The Lord reveals himself, his face there in the sacrifices. And so we also should see God's face in prayer. And not only pray a list of things you like to have, but in prayer also adore. I look and behold and be quiet. And maybe sometimes say nothing. Just being quiet. And behold the beauty of the Lord. Right? Psalm 27. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that that I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, not only on Sunday, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That is something that also can be experienced at the Lord's Supper table. That inquiring in his temple, that beholding the beauty of the Lord, the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ, Do we seek his face or do we only ask questions? Do we want to meet with him? I know we cannot make it ourselves. God's children cannot make it themselves either. But they may also slowly read the Bible. Word after word and ask the Lord for opening to see see the beauty of the Lord, to see the beauty of his birth, of his obedience, of his suffering, of his preaching, of his miracles, of his wisdom, of his offices, of his names, of his natures, of his person. There's so much to Inquire, so much to seek, so much to behold. If we only want to be face to face, like Moses spoke face to face to God as a friend. You know that cows have several stomachs, right? And they reminiscent. They chew the cud. Well, that is also an expression used in the church. Chewing on it. Just digesting it. To bring it back into another stomach and to just go over again. So the Lord wants friendship with his people. So he wants them to think about him and to meditate and to see him. And he looks at them. There is sometimes a wonderful connection. Sometimes a wonderful closeness. There's not every day. There's not, not every day. Not, not every week. But the Lord gives them. And of course, the Lord's Supper also can be used for them. To sit at the table and to 
eat the bread and to lift up your hearts unto heaven. Very Christ is not focusing on the natural bread and the outer bread, but to look upon him that is a piece of heaven, to be more dependent upon him. It is good to be so close to God. The Apostle Paul wrote about it as well. He said he wanted to depart and to be with Christ. He had seen his face and wanted to see his face again. Do we know about that? Oh, the Apostle Paul also said and wrote that the Lord spoke, my, my, my grace is sufficient unto thee. How sufficient when the Lord looks at us face to face. We have that communion and that beholding of the beauty. If you have never had that, if you don't know what it is to behold the beauty of Jesus, then I'm afraid you don't know anything about it. That you have no, no grace in God. That you just are friendly to God, but you have no friendship in your heart. It's only outwardly. Mark 4. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom. But unto them that were out, all things are done in parables. So Lord also spoke in parables to hide, not only to reveal. Christ is united with his people. That is in the same vine. They are the branches. And he's encouraging them to hold on to him. I also check the margin of the Dutch Bible here. How that God's people remain in him. How they abide in him. I was wondering what do they say about abiding? What is abiding in Christ? Like we see here, what is it? Eight times? Ten times? Abiding? How do you abide in him? And the answer is, in order to abide in Christ, we must believe in him steadfastly. So we need to hold on to him, holding on to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. So the Lord is encouraging his people to believe in him. Abide in me means believe in me. Like justification by faith. And Abraham was justified by faith and therefore called a friend of God. May the Holy Spirit make also things new for his people. Because this a command to abide in him, but also to grow up in him. Also to depend more on him, to have a deeper knowledge of him. The Holy Spirit can make all things new. And things you have experienced in the past, they may feel cold now. And they may not speak to your heart anymore. But depend upon him and ask the Lord that you may see his face again.
if he would touch your heart again, if the Holy Spirit would testify with your spirit again. Because believing is not something of the decision of your heart, of, of your head. It is a hard thing. Your heart is going out there, and the Lord is describing it as a friendship. Do you have a soulmate on earth? Is your husband, your wife, your soulmate? That's fantastic. Maybe you don't have a soulmate. But may Christ be there. May he be the one. You tell everything. Not only about salvation, that mainly. But not only. All the cares and all the concerns. Lay it at his feet. Lay it in his hands. And depend on him. And seek salvation in him. Colossians 3. Set your affection. Set your affection. How can you do that? By meditating. So set your affection on things above. Not on things on the earth. Or Colossians 2 verse 6. As you have therefore received... Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. Walk ye in him. Walk with him and walk in him. Rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding in with thanksgiving. What a blessing. What a joy. Then the Lord gives them. Then the Lord also pulls his children close to him. Then he gives the marks of then he gives them a confirmation that they are his friends of the Lord Jesus Christ. First evening, Lord Jesus knows that next day he will be crucified. But he wants to talk to his disciples before that. And once more, emphasize it. You have to bear fruit, man. You have to bear more fruit. So abide in me. Abide in the vine. Abide in him constantly. And be friends. Seek my face. So the Lord is glorified. So God's people receive joy. And the joy of God's people is not one-sided. There's joy from both sides. Right? When there's a wedding here, and the bride is in the aisle, and the bridegroom is standing here, is only one of them happy? Both. Both. And so friends are both happy with the friendship. Like the bridegroom rejoice in the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. So there is a Lord Jesus rejoicing in his friendship. He was longing to sit with them at the table. It is not only that he likes to make them happy, he makes them himself. Let me say happy. 
Christ makes himself happy with his people, with his friends, to be together. He likes that togetherness. And it is partial in earth. It will be perfect in heaven. Amen.